0: Praise God. So we're going to talk about the timeless and ageless properties of the Word. Amen. The Word is timeless and ageless, and that's important for us as believers because there is so much talk against God's Word and against Christians. Uh, Christians are being persecuted, and, and I, I don't know that uh, many of us understand the degree of hatred that there is against us, uh, the Bible says that the Satan is coming to the earth in a destructive manner because he knows he has a short time and so he wants to destroy everything and everybody in the world, but he can't do that to the blood bought. He cannot cross that bloodline. And so if we walk with God and stay close to God and and uh you know deny your flesh uh, don't let yourself get caught up in worldly thought and worldly activities and uh, trying to side with the world. If you'll stay close to God, the enemy really has no power over you. And there is nothing uh, to be afraid of. There's no threat. There's no harm uh, none of that will happen to us as long as we believe God for His Word, and so that is one of the reasons that we we uh, cling to the Word because it it works all the time. It's active all the time. It's alive all the time. It's working even when situations look their darkest uh the word of god is still working and as long as we will um pray that word will hold on to that word that word will help us and it will cover us so even when the world is saying things like um you know uh um you know it's the they they like to say it's it's the year 2000 it's it's past 2000 you still believe stuff like that you know uh as though your faith in god's word will expire because time goes on. See? God's Word takes into account the age that you're living in. It's already accounted for in God's Word. And so God's Word is able to. The only difference between the ages is really the the practical application of God's word. How do we apply it? Say, for instance, when, when I preach, if I can look at a current event situation and relate it to something that I'm talking about, then that brings the word up into the era in which we live. And you will find that God's word is the same all the time. In fact, Hebrews 13.8 tells us, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Word is always the same. The way the Word is interpreted is always the same. Because, you know, people say things like, well, do you take the Bible literally? Well, there's only one way to take it. And that is the way that the Holy Ghost ministers it to you. Now, people who are sinners and and aren't looking for help in the word and just looking to criticize aren't going to get much out of it. You have to apply. uh, You have to mix the word with faith if it's going to do you any good. So people who go into the word looking for something to argue about, looking for something to prove that the Christian is, you know, uh, well, they say that, but it doesn't really mean that. Uh, you know it's interesting now you can go on websites say for instance you can look up a scripture and as long as there's somebody on the internet that mentions that scripture you'll see a notation of whatever that sermon is or whatever that blog is or that discussion it will register with all of those different sites where they they uh are talking about the word and it's Amazing to me, you can you can keep looking, looking, looking and and here and there you'll find somebody, the gay church interpretation of yeah. And so they've got their own way of twisting the scriptures. The scriptures are holy. They're written by holy men of God who were moved by the Holy Ghost. So if you go into that word with anything other than a holy uh, mindset or, uh, a Holy Spirit, you won't get the message that God wants you to get. It just isn't there. That's why there's so many people who, uh, will take the word and, and, um, cause people to be harmed by it. Uh, all of the, the cults that think handling snakes proves something. Now that scripture doesn't say anything about your salvation is dependent upon a snake not biting you if you pick it up but people's minds carnal minds can twist things to the degree that they don't really understand that you have to have a holy interpretation of a holy word other than that it's foreign to you it's just like if I if we tried to these pamphlets that are written in Russian around here try to read them if you can if you don't know Russian. You won't get the meaning out of it. It's the same thing as if somebody who's a sinner picked up the Bible with any other, uh, intention than to get God's meaning out of it. You see what I'm saying? Many times people will think they're getting something from God. People, there are people, ministers, well-meaning ministers, who like to go into the Word to get something new. Or something, uh, earth shattering or you know that they can impress people with it'll look like oh this is this guy gets great revelation because look at what he got out of this scripture right here if you go into the word of god with that kind of nonsense in your heart you're going to come out with something that's not going to help people it's going to harm people you see it with people who can can get decent revelation from god it's easy to depart from god's intent in the word and just go off on a little tangent by yourself trying to figure out something that's you know i want to sell a million books like like bishop jakes does or somebody else does joyce meyer does and you'll be looking for something that's going to like put you on the map and cause you to blow up well god's not going to give you anything with that attitude in mind when you go into it his word belongs to him it doesn't belong to us to merchandise it And make money off of it, and that be our only motive for doing things. And so it's very easy to get off on a wrong road trying to get, understand the Word of God. But the Word, as God wrote it, is aimless and uh, ageless and timeless, and it fits in all generations. You know, many times we look at young people, and well, you know, I don't know young people. They're so young, they don't understand. Young people understand more than we know. Because the Bible says that the word of God brings light and understanding even to the simple. So what could be simpler than a small child? And Jesus even taught that it, unless we become like children and just humbly listen to get understanding, uh, we won't receive the benefits of his kingdom. So the 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 fact that God's word uh, is has been relevant and is still relevant for all of these years means that it will never, ever lose its right interpretation. It won't ever lose its power as far as being able to accomplish what it sets out to accomplish, but it is not for the unholy. These blessings are not for unholy people. And this is why when we're trying to uh, get people to live right or we get them to understand God's love or, or make a commitment to Christ, it's important that we allow the word to come into our hearts in such a way that we are humble before Those individuals and we can share the simple message that God gives us to share with them. Uh, If we can't do that we'll miss uh, getting the word into people but that word on its own if it's ministered by a person with a right attitude and it's ministered by a person with a right spirit and uh, somebody who, who is born again and hopefully Spirit-filled, who's totally equipped to be a, a, a qualified witness for God, then we will get the great results that God wants us to get. You know, people will see for themselves. You know what that is? That does make sense. You know, that is helpful to me. You mean you mean God will even do that for me? You know, sometimes people are amazed. Uh, and all you're doing is sharing the Word of God with them. You're not promising them The sun and the moon, you're not giving them anything extraordinary. You're not trying to get them to buy anything. You're just imparting life to them from God's word. So never fear that you don't have the message and you don't have the ability to that your words can't change people and that your words can't do the job, because as long as you use the Word of God, that Word is totally capable of doing everything that needs to be done in this earth. Um, You know, it's good if you understand the Word. The more understanding you get, the more effective a witness you'll be. I don't think we we gain any, uh, any traction with people just spitting out, quoting scriptures at them and, that we memorized and you know we think it's appropriate for that situation I think you have to get it in your heart how to relate to people how to be touched with what they're going through and allow God to take that mixture of compassion and understanding that's within you and let the Holy Spirit minister a timely word to you for people and you'll be able to, to see change in people. You know, for instance, if you've, you've got loved ones who haven't confessed Christ yet, uh, keep pressing into God because God wants them saved. The fact that you're saved means he wants them saved. And just keep pressing into God. Make it important that you see those persons come to the Lord. Once you you understand what it means to be a fervent prayer, you'll get it. You'll get it. You'll understand. You know what? God does want these people saved. Why am I sitting here just allowing them to have a mediocre life and you know, they blaspheme God, they cuss, they smoke, they smoke marijuana, they drink, they do all this kind of, they're wasting their lives. See, if you get a, a vision of humanity the way God sees it, God sees everybody who's in sin as a waste of humanity until they get saved. That's a waste to spend your life in sin. And I believe if we start looking at it the way God, God the better life is for them to live for you. This is a good life. It's a, unless you see your life in Christ as good and exciting, you won't be able to project that to other people. And so, sometimes as a church, we need to get the right perspective ourselves about life in God. We need to get an understanding that God blesses those that He, uh, He adopts. You know, once you're adopted, you're blessed. Once you're blessed, you can expect good every day. You know, you can talk to people, say for instance, you got somebody on your job who's complaining, and you just look at them and say, you know what? I used to, I used to feel like that. But I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you, honey. Once I got saved and started living for God, I don't have days like that anymore. Now, I'm not putting you down, and I'm not trying to make you feel small, but I got sick and tired of living like that. And I gave my heart and my life to the Lord. And I do not have... if, If something happens... I know how to immediately go into prayer and give it to God and let him have it, and that works. It really works. You can really leave your burdens with the Lord and go on and live a carefree life. And and that's what God wants us to do when he talks about uh, sharing this word that's relevant at all times. There is not a problem of anybody that you will run into that this word won't be able to solve it. I don't care what age we live in. I don't care if it is the new millennium and things are so complicated. We got the internet and everybody's got a, a smartphone and all that kind of stuff. God's word will cut right through smartphone and internet and everything else. He knew the smartphone was coming. God invented all of this stuff. So it's not beyond his ability. You know, God has got a God of great understanding. I don't know why we think God doesn't understand the age that we live in. And, and, and that he hasn't made provision for everything that will come about in the age that we live in. But the fact that the word is ageless and timeless means that it makes provision no matter what age the people that are speaking the word live in. God knows it's 2016. And he knows that we're passing laws in this country that give sinners a whole lot more power than he ever intended for them to have. God intends for sinners to have power to do one thing and that's repent and nothing else. He wants righteous people to run things. Always. Always. But if we insist upon putting the unrighteous in positions of power, he'll let that happen too. You know, this is our world down here. We have dominion down here. So, this is our world to run and to regulate, and if we insist upon, uh, you know, putting unrighteous people in office and people that God, you know, all you gotta do is pray. I mean, I don't think everybody who runs is a Christian. I don't think everybody who says they're a Christian is living for God. But God knows the heart of people. You know He doesn't care about labels. He looks at the heart. And I believe if we'll look at the hearts of men and we'll ask God to help us to make right decisions about people. And after they get in office, continue to pray for them. You don't let anybody assume power and you just let them have it and, and unchecked. You talk to God about these things on a continual basis. And God will move and he will help. So his word has power and it does the things that it needs to do throughout the ages. So, so we, we have to be assured about that. I know people, we said people want to say the world has changed and we have to change with it. If we are made in God's image, we can only change in the way he allows. And we can only make the changes that God allows. Because God never changes, his word does not change. It has withstood the test of time. It is relevant for all ages because it is God's law. If you look at Genesis chapter 1, you see that God's word does not change. You see how he created the earth, separating the light from the darkness. He created the fowls. All of that is still here. So if people want to tell you that uh, the Bible's not relevant because it was written so long ago, I said, honey, can you still go out in the lake and catch a fish? Well, then that word that, that was spoken when that was created, it's still holding things up. And so it's going to hold things up forever. So God's God's word has withstood the test of times. And because it's God's law, it cannot be altered. Now, what is a law? A law is a system of rules that are recognized to regulate the actions of its citizens or members. So it's a set of rules that are recognized to regulate the actions of citizens or members. So if you look at the Genesis 1 creation, those are laws where God said, son, you go up there and stay and don't come down when you when you when this earth rotates he said i'll take the earth and twist it around and give a uh, part of it today and the other part night and you'll be able to not see the sun at that time you'll be able to see the moon things will cool down you can go to bed and rest but that's going to come up again in the next morning and he called the the light day and the the darkness was night and so he told the the ocean to only go so far. You can't move any further than that. And Job, he asked Job, he said, Do you know where the door is shut that kept, keeps the ocean from going any further than it goes? So he got a door somewhere. And he told it just to stay there and don't move. See? And so when we look at God's creation, and and then you hear the so-called knowledgeable, intelligent people who run our universities and run their mouths on television all the time, telling their boring stories and their boring theories, and you look at, they would say something like, all of this just happened, and then you could pick up a Bible and read an explanation of why it's here. Now, who's smart around here and who's not too smart? This is much easier to believe. It's all a matter of faith in what you believe. But creation, the the story of creation in the Bible is much easier to believe than the beliefs. Some bang happened and things collided, and and then you know some you know some a primordial ooze started and the creatures began to crawl up out of the sea. And come on now, give me a break. It takes a lot of imagination to believe that kind of stuff. But it takes no imagination. All you have to do is extend your faith and you will know how the earth was created and you accept that. And you accept that God is still uh, managing things. He's still holding things down. So when he speaks, it becomes law. What he says becomes law and it's it's never changed. It just goes on forever. And that's one of the reasons why the word is ageless, and timeless. It's relevant in all times that you live in. A statement of fact deduced by observation to the effect that the particular natural or scientific phenomena always occurs if certain conditions are met. So we have law spoken out of God's mouth and then we have man's definition of law. So man's definition is a statement of fact deduced from observation. So for instance, uh, people want to investigate how long does it take water to boil and what temperature does it boil at. Well, all you do is sit water on a hot stove and observe it. Over a period of time, you observe that these little bubbles start to form after a certain number of minutes at a certain temperature and that that water gets to be that temperature and you measure it with a thermometer and you find it's consistent all the time, 212 degrees or 100 degrees centigrade, 212 Fahrenheit. And so that's how natural laws are derived. They're derived by observation. When Newton started dropping things out of trees, he understood that there was a pull on on things everything in the earth was subject to a pull that he called gravity he did that over observation amen and in the same thing with with examining the structure of the earth you know they thought it was flat sailors were afraid to sail out so far because when you look out you saw a horizon and they thought it was a drop off out there until some of them started getting out there and couldn't get back and they saw they kept sailing <laughs> you know eventually they hit land well you know they found out that the earth was not flat like they thought they found out that it was circular and then you read in the bible it says god sits on the circle of the earth. So it's been in there all the time. You see what I'm saying? So that's why the word is timeless. The wisdom of every... I don't care what law you're trying to investigate that you observe over I don't know how long period of time to get that truth. It's already written somewhere in God's word because His wisdom surpasses the wisdom of man and is relevant throughout all ages. So we don't ever have to fear that God's word is not relevant. I mean, that's that's one of the things that I believe the world, and when I say the world, it's it's that system outside of the church that the world is trying to steal from the church. Because they do it in every generation. I don't care what generation we're in in a the church. There's always this insecurity that if we don't look like the world, talk like the world, dress like the world, dumb ourselves down, in in and, and uh carnal ourselves up that we're not relevant to people. And I think that's the worst thing in the world to think. Because God knows how to make you relevant just like you are. You don't have to be a clown for the world or dress up like them or try to be cool all the time and all that nonsense stuff, you know. People it confuses people because when they have an idea Say, for instance, a person has an idea of what a Christian is like, and they may have a negative idea of what a Christian's like. God knows how to send the right person to witness to that person, to take away all of that preconceived notion. We don't have to. Try to talk like young people or talk, it looks bad sometimes on people, you know, a certain age or a certain stature in life. You have a crowd that God knows that you can be relevant to, just like you are. You don't have to. I see a lot of times of Christian music, you know, and they all, some of these churches look like concert halls. Uh, you know, they just, and they get up and the pastor exhorts them in the word for like, 20 or 30 minutes, and the service is over. Well, you've had two hours of headbanging music in the meantime, and those people leave out of there, no more knowledgeable about God, His love for them, His care for them. They will go out of there and go home to a domestic violence household or something like that, never having been touched with God's power or His love or, or His reassurance. That he loves them and cares about them. So we have to be careful that we don't feed into this lie that the enemy perpetrates about the Bible not being relevant anymore or not being uh, applicable to all situations in life. It is. I had a friend; she still has that ministry. I think I, I see her on Facebook sometimes, but haven't talked to her in a lot of years. She had a ministry or has a ministry, uh, where she'll advertise, uh, pregnancy tests and pregnancy counseling. And, uh, she ministers to women to keep their babies. She doesn't refer them for abortion. She's a Christian. And, uh, she said that, uh, she was in her offices many years ago. A young woman was a Muslim and she came in and, uh, she, Asked the girl, you know, well, do you want the test? She gave her a test and found out she was pregnant. And she, the girl, admitted. She said, "I, I really knew that I was pregnant all along." She said, uh, "But I want to get an abortion." She said, "My boyfriend that I live with, now he's supposed to be Muslims, right? My boyfriend that I live with um, doesn't want the baby. He's already told me he doesn't want it, um, you know, and he's forcing me." to get this done he's very violent and he's very angry and so i have to get this done and so my friend just began to share with her the love of christ and she said the young lady listened to her and listened to her and listened to her she never i don't think she ever mentioned her muslim faith i mean they didn't even go there Uh, didn't have to because when truth comes in, you don't have to you don't have to have a, a pamphlet on 15 ways to minister to a Jehovah's Witness or 15 ways to minister to a Muslim. The Holy Spirit has gifts that will help you have the wisdom to be able to give a word in season to people no matter what their back. You don't have to know what all these people believe. They're not believing the truth. You have the truth. See what I'm saying? And so uh, she said at the end of their... Her, their talk and counseling the girl gave her heart to the lord and she said well if you say jesus can help me and he can protect me i'm going to believe that i'm going to keep my baby and she said just pray for me that that i'll just be able to have the courage to stand up to my boyfriend she said i can move i'm not going to live with him anymore and so anyway she went home and talked to the boyfriend and told him what she had decided, and he looked at her and he said, "He said, where have you been? And she said, I've been to a counseling. He said, no, well, you've done something. He said, you're different now. He said, because you've never ever stood up to me in the past. He said, there's something, some change, something's changed you. Because I know what you're saying, you mean it he said you never stand up to me and now you're standing up to me. She took her down, took the boyfriend down. They're both they're both Christians now. See, so let them both to the Lord. What God has planned for people is beyond you couldn't write the script he has planned. But I'm telling you his word is relevant all the time. All you have to do and my friend when she when she would have downtime in the office, she would just sit there and read her Bible and pray and expect the next person to come in. To receive Christ. She always expected to have total victory with everybody who came in her office. And she does that even now. Just, uh, just amazing. And to listen to her talk and, and hear, you wouldn't think she was that kind of a powerful person. But when God mandates you to do something, he puts his word in your mouth. It's nothing but power. Nothing but power all the time. So it's 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 good to understand you already have everything you need in God. All you gotta do is keep your little nose in your Bible, you know. Keep the Word before you. Always stay prepared to share Christ with people at all times, and, and, and God will use you to do extraordinary, life-changing things. These are life-changing things. So, God's law upholds the world and everything in it. We said that. You look at the Genesis uh, account of creation; is still going on. It regulates the climate, light and dark. Says sets oceans and seas in place, provides air, water, and food. Everything that's needed to sustain life down here on earth is found in God's word. There's nothing left out. There's no exceptions. God's word provides stability. Genesis 1, it says here, <clears throat> Verse 3, it says, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. That's stability. When he says, let it, and it happens, that's stability. That means that God's word is able to bring itself to pass without fail. Without fail. He separated the light from the darkness, and it's still separated. It just, it never goes any other way. So we can expect the sun to rise every morning and the sun to go down at night. And we regulate life dependent upon those two things. If those two things ever changed, the stock market would crash, places would go out of business, because you couldn't tell, you couldn't have a predictable day. If you didn't know what time the the sun was going to rise and set, it would throw everything that we do totally off kilter. You couldn't make any plans. So we are able to make plans around the stability that's in God's word. You know that if you plant plants outside and they're there in the summertime, they'll flourish as long as you keep them watered. But if you try to keep them through the winter and you have snow, that they will die. And so you can plan food preparation. You can plan uh, things that you enjoy, your hobbies. All of that is planned around day and night. If you don't know when the sun's coming up, you don't know when to go to work. They don't know when to tell you to come into work. You don't know anything. And so these, these things, things as simple as going to a job or, or having uh, adequate rest and sleep. If you didn't have a day and night, you couldn't, your body wouldn't know what to do at different times of the day. And so we really, really need to accept that God's Word it's always always relevant it's always stable it's always holding everything together it's all it's reliable you can rely on God and his word the word is consistent first peter 1:23 says that the word of god abides forever it lives forever It is consistent. It's always there. It's always working. People will try, and and uh, and I I know it's well-meaning, and I've said it myself. There are times we'll say this is the season for this or the season for that as far as God's word is concerned. Well, that really just means that God is giving us extra help with that particular thing at this time. But it does not mean that that word can't be relevant if we don't say this is the season for it. You understand me? It's like, say for instance, we say, well, God is is planning revival and it's going to be, you know, it's going to be this. There's going to be the power to do this and power. That power's there already. There's always power to win souls. But during revival it's intensified so we can say it's a greater season for soul winning because God is giving us an extra push with that word an extra um, power you know making it easy for a different level of grace to walk out and just speak words that are heard more easily. That kind of thing. But trust me, it's all—it's it's the season for healing. You know, miracles and, and all of that. Sometimes it's easier, but you can always get healed by God. Because the word is constant. It's It's always there. You don't have to wait for a season of prosperity or a season of healing or a season of this or a season of that. That word works all the time for anybody who will believe it. And sometimes it works on a larger scale. I think if we got more people believing it all the time, you know, you know how our faith is. Sometimes we use it more than at other times. Sometimes we don't want to be bothered with this and with that, and you know, or just go get the minimum from God, you know, and, and keep living. But there are times I believe if if believers would gather together with the idea of seeing God move and seeing him do great things. That's how it gets started, really. The seasons are changed by God blessing us to see his word come to pass in a greater and greater measure. So it really will change the times and seasons when we decide we want to see these things happen. But they will happen all the time. You can always witness to somebody and get them saved. Always. You can always pray for a sick person and God will heal them. Always, but there are times when it's more available. I guess I could say to more people. You'll find the people who never <laughs> witness for God during times of revival are running their mouths all the time. See, so it's it's you know it intensifies uh, in, in in favorable seasons. I guess you could say it's a favorable year of the Lord or the favorable time uh, for that to happen in a greater level, more people doing it. In a greater measure. So, God's Word also is trustworthy. You can trust God's Word. It will come to pass. You hang on to it, you believe it, you speak it, you pray it, you release it into situations, you release it over people's lives, all that kind of stuff. You can trust that that Word will perform what He says it will perform. We just have to hold on to it. Why is it trustworthy? Because it's alive. God breathed the word. It's God breathed. This word is. Different prophets would have visions of of God putting their breath, the breath of God in them, and they prophesy that kind of thing. God's word also carries with it his peace. It will stabilize unstable situations. It always does that. There's not a time when God's word will not bring about peace. If it's spoken in season, you know. God's word also carries with it its own power. Isaiah 55 says, 58, I think it is, says that word will not return empty. It won't shrug and say, I couldn't do it. Like we do sometimes, you know, we give up on things so easily sometimes. And God's Word is right there. God's Word is waiting to work. He's waiting for somebody to believe it and put it to work. But God's Word stands at attention, ready to work on our behalf. <clears throat> that Word penetrates into every place that God sends it penetrates hearts and minds and it can convert souls. Now we can't do that. Thank God. God's word can. You know, if we could convert souls, witches would have a heyday because that's what they're always trying to do is influence people to do what they want them to do, witchcraft power would abound if man had the power to convert souls. We don't. And you can intimidate them. You can give them false promises. You can brainwash people. But God can deliver them from all of those powers. So say for instance you know somebody that's insane because of drug use or something like that they they have walked into a power that they cannot control but God's word can come in and convert their soul and pull them out of that demonic mindset and pull them over into freedom and believing God. So never give up on people. I don't care how goofy they are. I mean sometimes we'll look at situations and just kind of Not know what to say, not know what to do, but God has an answer. I don't care how crazy they are, I don't care how many mental hospitals they're in, how locked up they are, how many drugs they took and their brains fried and all that kind of stuff. God can convert that soul back into health, back into wholeness. He can heal from the demonic activity, all the experiences that they had. He can forgive that. God's word can do all of those things if we as believers will recognize the power that we have. You know, sometimes we play it cheap because we're so brainwashed sometimes by what the world thinks. You know, you listen to too much to people and trying to understand them and yeah, you better spend most of your time trying to understand God. You know, that's your best investment. Is to get an understanding of his word and what that word can do. Look at that word as your powerful weapon to bring people into the kingdom. Your powerful weapon to convert souls. Your powerful weapon to heal people. Your powerful weapon to give people hope. We don't promise them the sun and the moon or give them false promises, but we know what God can do if they'll let him do it. You know, You know what God can do and And just always have that before you to offer to people, you know, uh always offer Jesus um to people and and you can't go wrong, so God's word has power in that it it won't come back empty, it won't come back void, it won't return and say, "I couldn't do it." <laughs> God's word has no pity in it. <laughs> We're the ones who always feel sorry for ourselves, but His word is always there. And capable. Just, he's waiting for us to use it so that he can see it happen. God wants to see his word come to pass. He really does. So, uh, God's word also has within it wisdom. And this is one of the, the qualities of God's word that gives it that timeless factor. Wisdom knows how to relate across the ages. Say back in the day of, of Say in the Middle Ages, their their main uh, main enemy was disease. People died very young. Uh, children and babies died uh, because of disease being rampant. And so the wisdom of God back in the day could reassure people that they would be healed and that He would not put disease on them. He knows how to zero in on the need of the age. In this age, we see many people who um, uh, take drugs because of a disorganized lifestyle. You see many people who are hurt; uh, they've been abandoned. Um, uh, many who are their homes aren't stable. There's no no two parents there. They don't know where uh, the other parent is. Don't know if they're loved. God knows how to relate to this age. He knows how to give a word in season to everybody uh, regardless of their situation. So there's hope for for everybody that's living on the earth right now. Nobody's hopeless. Never look at a situation as being so bad that you can't give them a word that's going to help them. You have the answer. You have the answer. So the wisdom of God is the answer. Now what is wisdom? Wisdom is the quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment, intelligence. And that's God. He's got all of that. he got experience. Boy, oh boy, he was here from the beginning. Good judgment. Shrewdness. Ability to discern inner qualities. And we have that, folks. The Holy Spirit can tell you exactly what a person needs. He can help you to understand a person beyond what you see on the outside. Many times people have rough exteriors and, you know, we think we understand them just by looking at them. But wisdom will have you go deeper beneath the surface listen to what people are telling you or or listen to what God is telling you to tell that person so I'm believing God for an increase in the gifts of the spirit as we need them to help people the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom healing gifts gifts of the word that will deliver people and set them free, all of that we need to trust God that we have the answer The church is not irrelevant.